welcome to Hope and Struggle. This is your resource for dealing with life's ups and downs using hope, humor, and truth. I'll be your host, Mindy Lawhorn. Let's get going. Today, I have something amazing in store for you. We have a special guest, one of my close friends who I've met through fitness and through struggle. I say struggle with a smile because her and I are here today with you because what God has showed us through our pain, through our struggle, probably through some embarrassing moments, but through it all, we have learned so much. We've grown so much and I can't wait for you to hear this part one and part two from my good friend and author, Jessica Vaughn. Jessica, say hello. Hey, what's up, Mindy? What's up, girl? I am so, like, I seriously, I thank God for social media. I thank God for things like this. We live nowhere near each other. I live in Texas, and I'm coming to you sweaty from a bike ride in post-Pio, and you are coming to us from where? From Pennsylvania, but I haven't done my workout yet, so I'm not sweaty, but I'm a little sweaty because we're doing this interview. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm always like, whoa, why am I sweating just talking? But it, it's just the way it is. Jessica is here today with us because she is just a perfect example of hope and struggle. She's a wife. She has written not one, but two books. One of those called The Worthy Wife, but her first book, is titled Know Your Worth, Conquering Your Past for a Powerful Future. I love it. And when she wrote that book, I'm like, that's my girl. She gets it. Now, real quickly, we met through fitness. Jessica and I both own fitness businesses. We love fitness. We get it. But God has also shown us so much through our own fitness, through our own ups and downs, through helping other people. And it all just has come so full circle. Jessica, please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Absolutely. I'd love to. I think I'm going to take you back to my childhood though, for you to really get an understanding of why I am the way I am today and the choices that I made and the stories I share with you inside of Know Your Worth and A Worthy Wife. They're real. They really happened. And so they all come from my perspective of pain. And so What's funny though, is that we don't really realize that it's coming from pain. We just think we become numb, right? To circumstances and the things and we're just, we just begin to coast. So let me take you back to teenage years and growing up is my, the home I grew up in, my dad was physically abusive, but then my mom was mentally abusive. The words that she would say um, just tore me down and made me feel like I was never going to be successful. I was never going to make it. Uh, I was never going to be able to pay my bills. I would never understand life. Like, I just thought that this is the way life was going to be. And I had a dad that um, would, you know, throw things at my mom and, and I could see him physically hurting her. And so I have two different sides of the spectrum, right, of physically and mentally. And they were all happening in the same house. And so for me, anything I could do to escape that, I did. So my outlet was men. At a very young age, I lost my virginity, and I share that story very openly. I lost my virginity at a young age, and my brother, um, which most people don't even know I have a brother, but he really got into drugs and alcohol heavy. And so I was kind of this lone, this lone ranger, I felt like a little bit of just trying to find my way of what life was supposed to be like because... 
of all the things I was experiencing at home. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what was happening because when you're growing up, you just kind of, you just kind of listen to your parents, right? You think that that's the right way to live, that that's how you're going to live, that this is, you know, the things that they instill in you are your beliefs because you don't know any different. What you don't know, you don't know. And so I just started to pursue men to find some kind of maybe identity or purpose. Like, oh, okay, I can love this person. Okay, they're showing me love back. Okay, this this feels good. I don't, this is unfamiliar. What is this? And so I pursued that. And so relationship after relationship, I just tried to find my worth in men. And that was really the groundwork for where I am today. And so then, of course, since I didn't know who Jesus was, I didn't know there was a God. I heard Catholic, I heard Christian, I heard all kinds of stuff. And I was like, what What in the world are these people talking about? I had no clue. And so I just kind of brushed it off, I guess you could say. So it wasn't until I was about 21 that I was like, oh, okay, so there's a God and he had a son. Okay. I always thought they were the same person. Can I be real? I had no idea that there was a, there was a Holy Spirit, there was a Jesus, and there was a God. I had no clue until I was about 21, and I still didn't feel like I had a clue. But at least I knew that there was somebody there. And so I guess what you could, to wrap it all up is that I started to identify my pain into other things. And so I started to strive for identity. So it was men first, and then I joined my fitness business at 21, and then I found my identity in that. And I wanted to find fulfillment there because I was like, this feels good, right? You, you see a little bit of success or somebody acknowledges you and you begin to feel like, oh, this is what it feels like to be loved. So really, if you can just be honest, it was, I wanted to be seen, I wanted to be heard, and I wanted to be loved. I think that that's how we all feel at some point. You know, we want to have significance and if we have yet to ever find that in our, you know, growing up or in, in an outlet, um, especially in the abusive home you, you grew up with, you find it in the ways that are unhealthy. Now, we've talked about this just a little bit, and, and you know that fitness is what we do, and we love yeah. fitness, but it can be taken in such wrong directions. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, Absolutely. What I realized is that this good thing, that this thing that was given to us, it's our get to, it's not a have to or a must to, it's our get to. And so we took this good thing and we turned it into a God thing. And so for me, it started out as, oh, this was an outlet for me because I could control, in air quotes, what I looked like Mm -hmm. because I couldn't control anything else in my life, I felt like. And for me... I'm type A, so control was like, what can I control? What can I make myself feel like I can take a hold of? Because I felt like everything else in my life was kind of falling apart or I couldn't do anything about. And so fitness was that thing I turned to because I could pick up the weights. Right. I could watch what I eat, right? Mm -hmm. I, I could not work out or I could work out. That was something, it was my choice. And so I started to just dive into it. And then, of course, if you get a compliment or somebody says you look good, I took that. Woo! I'm seen. Somebody right. sees me. I'm good. I'm good. And I just kept going. And so it became a point where if I didn't work out, I was afraid to get fat. 
if I didn't work out, I was afraid I was going to lose all of my muscle Mm -hmm. the next day. And it sounds crazy to say, but there's somebody out there that has to relate to that. Absolutely. So this whole working out and the food, I was afraid of certain foods that we label them as bad. Again, air quotes. Um, We begin to label apples as bad and bananas and all this because we listen to what other people's dietary needs are. And so we go, well, if that person can't have an apple, then I can't have an apple. Right. What I realized is that all these foods that I was eating, I started to label as bad because my eyes weren't on myself. They were just on everybody else because I was like, well, if she did that and got that body, well, then dang, girl, I'm going to do that to get that body too. Right. And so it just went down this hole for... I'm being honest, five years. It's a mm-hmm. long, it was a long road. And finally, I was like, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more. And there's got to be a different way because this way is not working. My way is not working because it wasn't bringing me joy. It didn't matter if I had a six pack or a bicep or whatever, a high and tight butt. <laughs> or a two pack. It's still there. No, so true. Okay, so then. And we know how you grew up and how you've struggled there, just trying to figure it out and find worth. So then fitness comes in and, and, you know, I, I talk about this, especially because we love fitness and I know you do too. It's our life. It's our livelihood, but I've seen so many people just like you. And I mean, I even did it. It didn't look like yours looked, but you get in this corner to where you're going in this direction where you tell yourself, well, this is Cause I'm, you know, I'm doing good for my body and I'm helping others. So this is noble, noble, noble. But what you realize is that we are so obsessed with the thing, not only the things you mentioned, but I started, we started and many other people do putting their worth into their pants size, their worth into how they looked in a bathing suit. And don't get me wrong. I think we should keep our bodies healthy and, you know, bathing suits are a whole other topic. Some people don't, you know, they don't like to wear them. I personally love it. We love the beach, but there's this boundary that, where God is. And then there's this outside of those boundaries where it's so self-centered and it's so self-focused. And I think that if what I understand you're saying, you got there and and be honest, so did I. And so did many of my friends that have now pulled back and go, okay, what's truly important. Um, Can you segue now to kind of that thought process and, and to when like you figured out, I think I need God, this God, this Jesus, this son that I'm, you know, how did you figure out not only knowing your worth, but those first steps into realizing, you know what, this is so much more than me controlling. This is a bigger thing. Well, if we're going to talk about the F word, Mindy, which is fear. Right. Hey. I think most of how we respond is out of fear. So we're afraid that we're never going to lose the weight. We're afraid that, you know, we're the workouts or whatever. We're really, when it comes down to it, we're afraid. So our actions are based out of fear and not out of place of a not from a place of freedom. And so when it came to me identifying with God, I was 21, right? I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to do the checklist. I'm going to, I'll go to church maybe like once a Sunday, you know, once a Sunday, I, <laughs> one Sunday a month. Got it. And, you know, maybe I'll tithe just like a couple bucks here and there, you know, let's go down the checklist. What else is good for me to do? And I went like that for three to four to five years of just, okay, here's my faith, but then here's everything else. Right. Two separate things. Yes, absolutely. Here's my, here's my fitness. Here's my business. But then here's me, here's my body. Right. And 
I had a mentor I, I talked about him in my books. Um, he's a spiritual dad at the time. His name is PJ. And he just, he was speaking into my life. So if it's anything, you have to make sure you have somebody speaking into your life. My cousin April was also somebody, she asked me, she was the one that actually asked me if I knew the Lord um, or knew who God was. And so for me, I had people speaking into my life about what are you doing basically? And they could be real with me, <laughs> straight shooters. Because the more real they were with me, the more real I could get with myself. Some of our listeners may be like, what does speaking into your life mean? Can you tell me that in the most basic terms? Yes. Uh, that what they say challenges you, encourages you, mm -hmm. and equips you to move forward in your life. I love that. Th that's it. It is someone that holds you accountable, but also kind of calls you on your stuff. Yeah. And someone that says, I love you, you know, what's going on here. And I have to be honest, many of us don't have those people in our lives. And, and some people maybe see it, but they're, they don't feel confident or they don't have the guts to say something. And in my humble opinion, you know, if you love someone enough, you say, I say this out of love. And I hear a lot of Christians, of course, say that. And the non-Christians like, what does that mean? Out of love. It means yeah. this may sting a little. But yeah. here's what I'm seeing, and I'm not judging you, and I'm not saying you're bad. I'm just saying, if you see me doing this, I need for you to come to me and go, Mindy, this is happening too much. Are you noticing this? Is this on purpose? Because I love you, and we got to reel it back in to the direction that we're going. You know, we want that upward mm -hmm. projection. So that's a really great way to explain it. Um, please continue. But I want to piggyback off of that is yeah. that we could have the most uplifting people in our lives, but it friends, it comes down to us. If our hearts are so hardened or hurt or yep. painful, or you're living with anger and bitterness, somebody could say that you're pretty and you could be like, no, I ain't. I'm so ugly. Like you're never going to be able to receive. Receiving is everything. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. If we don't allow ourselves to just, yeah, if we don't allow ourselves to just receive, it's the, the softening of the heart for sure. We need to do a whole call on just receiving because I have to be honest, it's one of my hardest things ever. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, like there's some people that are just naturally humble. Like I've born with humility because as soon as I felt I was cool, like I fell down the stairs at school. I'm not even kidding you. And it just, I mean, God just, all, God just seems to always remind me of my true position in life. And I want that. And I truly do not think of myself more highly than I ought. And I know that many people don't, but every once in a while we, we fight thinking of ourselves too highly and then we fight it so hard that when someone says, oh my gosh, I love your hair. And you're like, oh no, no, I just did this. And, and, and the real truth of that is it's not that you're not receiving, but you're kind of pushing that person's kindness away from you. And that hurts the person giving it. And so that's like a whole nother thing, but, but being a good receiver, cause we give and we receive, it's so important to our growth and just mm -hmm. totally goes with what you're saying. Yeah. And so what happened is, so those people were speaking in my life, but I, it was also that awareness too of just, I went through 2014, I call it the year from hell. <laughs> I write about it in the book because it was, and it was a turning point for me in my own identity because I had hit a rock bottom in my life with relationships. And there's some really funny stories that I share. And one is uh, I met this guy and he was from Chicago and I'm, I was living in Ohio at the time. He was like six foot four. And I'm five two. Okay, five two here. So, uh, with this be this person we're talking, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna fly out to see you." I fly out to see him, and I get there, 
And he tells me he has a girlfriend. What? But for two months, he didn't tell me he had. He wasn't talking to anybody. Oh, brother. But that's not the funny story. Here's oh. the funny part. <laughs> We're at dinner, and he's like, you know, I just really don't date anybody under 5'4". And I was like, so if I was two inches taller, I'd be dateable. And so it was these crazy, ridiculous stories. And that was just one of many that I was like, what? What in the world is wrong with me? And what is going on? And so it was really a year of the Lord or God just stripping me of what I was finding my identity in. Right. Okay, here's Matt. Okay, let's take that away. Here's your body image. I hurt my back really bad. And many people would see that as an obstacle, right? The pain. Why would you do this? I was like, that pain was purpose for me because it allowed me to slow down. And be like, God, oh, what's going on? Because we have to have the humble heart, like you said, Mindy. If we don't have a humble heart to go to God and just ask him and say, hey, I don't know what's going on here. You know, is, is there a reason for, like, what's, I believe there's always a reason. Totally. But is, is, there some, is there something that you want me to see now? And so he's like, started to reveal these places when I hurt my back. I could not walk for, like, a week or two. And he began to show me that you have your identity in your body so much that I was afraid I was going to lose friends. I was afraid my whole life would change. He would like me. He was going to love. I mean, it was just that I'm like, okay, God, I get it. You know, you just kind of start to cry and you're just like, okay, oh, all right, I get it now. But it only continued to deepen of just the stripping. He started taking things away. I think he takes things away from us, not to hurt us or hinder us, but to refine us and make us new. Well, oh, absolutely. And, and to also show us what we're holding on to. That's not him. Yes. Before we get any further, can you just let us know what led you to Jesus? What led you to that? Because I know that you are a believer, of course, and you've told us that you weren't, but I just wonder for all my friends that aren't sure of what they believe, you know, what was kind of the point where you're like, okay, I think I need to investigate this more. And then when did you finally say, all right, I believe you. I believe that you are real. Come in my life. When was this? Oh, that's such a good question, Mindy. You know, when I... When my cousin asked me at 21, I was still so full of anger and bitterness. And I didn't really even read my Bible. Um, I didn't know the word. I would pick things out. And so then as, as it progressed over the years, I really started to identify with the love piece. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know. We say it so much, right? We're like, oh, I love that dress. Or I love those shoes. Or, you know, I, I love you to a friend. But I didn't understand what it looked like. I didn't understand it was comforting and kind and it was warm and um, it was an embrace, right? And I didn't understand any of that because all I knew love to be was an exchange for money, um, abuse, you name it, right? It, that's what love to me was. And so when I really, for myself, dove into the word and just opened up my Bible and began to just read scripture read, read the stories of people. I began to say, me too. Oh, okay. Gideon, you're going against this, this war and God keeps downsizing you to increase your faith. Okay. I, I understand that. Right. right I get that. <laughs> we begin to relate to, I began to relate to these, these people because they're, they're now real to me. They're not just characters. We're not just reading to me. Yeah. I wasn't just reading something. It was, this is a person who in, endured this, who went through this. I'm like, wow, okay. And then, of course, when you read about Jesus' life and the things that he did, 
he always, no matter who you were, he, he cared and he loved and he always healed in a way that was specific to you. Right. Love that. Cause I was, I was, I had my biggest struggle was if there's this God of the universe, how can he love me individually? That was my biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. But when we see in the Bible, how he spits on one guy and he, you know, just touches another and we begin to see the individuality of who he is and how he loved on his disciples individually. And I was like, okay, so you are like a father that still loves. If you have five children, you're going to love all five children. You're going to love one differently. Right. Because they're different. And so that's kind of when I began to realize that he wasn't some guy that I worshiped. Like, you know, he's in the heavens. Okay. Let me just, you know, bow down to him. He was, he was the father. He was that father figure that I didn't have yes. that loved me Yes. for me, regardless of the size, <laughs> but that he was tender and yeah. he was tough. And I needed that. I needed the tough and I needed the tender. We, we all do. And it's just that willingness to say, I'm available and I'm ready. I love it. And it's true. It can be that very, very simple. And all those things, by the way, that were going through your head earlier, they're lies that you're not good enough, or you're going to lose friends and, and that this could be wrong and, 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 and all the things that we tend to tell ourselves are out of fear. Yeah. Um, and so before we get into this book, I think that we should pause and like the good stuff's getting ready to come, but we're going to pause and, and go to our second episode. So real quickly, Jessica, if they can just listen to this one now and have to wait till tomorrow to listen to the other one, where can they find you now? Um, they can find me on Instagram or Facebook at JessVon22. Great. And I'm looking at your website and you are at fitcoachjessica.com. Correct. That is her full website. You can look at her books, a little bit more about them. She has blogs. She has a lot of free stuff. So before we go to the second part of this interview, we're going to pause here, take a deep breath. You guys come back for part two. And Jessica, thank you for being here. Thank you.